it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. Hi, I'm Bruce News Editor Matt Kirkyard, and that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. And this week, we meet Andy Allen and Blake Bowden from Traveller. As much as listeners to this podcast like beer for the beer itself, it's impossible to discount the importance of brand and marketing in getting a beer out on the shelf and also into the hand of a consumer. On one level, beers like Iron Jack and Great Northern are exactly the same beer chasing the same market but Great Northern massively outsells its competitor. I'd argue that's because Great Northern has a much better brand. Traveller was recently launched with MasterChef's Andy Allen, actor Travis Fimmel, and former Jetty Road brewer Blake Bowden as the public faces. As an easy-drinking beer targeted at the better-for-you segment fronted by celebrities, it doesn't exactly break any new ground, but it's a brand squarely targeted at the widest part of the beer market and the right branding can carve out a significant niche, as we have seen with Better Beer. Will Traveller be Iron Jack to Better Beer's Great Northern, or will it be, as its founders hope, Australia's beer? See what you think after hearing this conversation. Andy Allen, Blake Bowden, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Thanks for having us, Matt. G'day, Matt. Good to speak to you again. Well, good to speak to you again, and uh, Andy, you know... (laughs) I'd be very surprised if anyone outside of the brewing industry has a clue of who I am. So I'll say up front, this is probably a little bit different to most beer um, or conversations about the beer that you've had. Um, So, uh, you know, forewarned is forearmed, as they say. Mate, I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Blake, I know you're there. um, As as I intimated uh, off mic, when you've got a beer that in the uh, headline uh, has the words mid-strength, low-carb, um, and then you're sort of talking about crisp, sessional, uh, all of those sorts of things. There's probably not too much to, to dig into uh, in, in the liquid. Is, is that fair enough? Like, are we going, is there much to talk about hop varieties and uh, things with, with Traveller? There's definitely things to, to touch on, but obviously it is, it's more the mainstream lager end of the scale, and we've sort of, Jazz it up a little bit with a um, new world hop sort of out of Ellerslie, one of the obviously independent hop growers in Australia with um, Melbourne in the Whirlpool, just to give it a little bit of a lift in in character. But it's definitely sort of um, obviously all your buzzwords, but um, it it's very much that mainstream end of end of beer spectrum and a nice easy crisp drinking beer, but it's got its nuances and some elegance to it as well. Absolutely no slight implied by saying that, but uh, you know we're, we're not going to spend uh, you know, half an hour doing tasting notes on this one, are we? It's it, it's it's a beer that is what it is. It's got, as you said, some nuance, um, but it's a, a nice, crisp, uh, enjoyable lager. Absolutely, and Andy's more engaging than me talking about beer anyway. Well, I think <laughs> I think like you know in, in saying that that it is that kind of mainstream lager, which which it is, and that's what we set out to. To achieve, I think we've achieved a pretty good one. You know, I think there's a there's a lot of, you know, it is a pretty growing market, um, the better for you market. So when when I when we came to Blake 
and especially I came to Blake, you know, 18 months ago when the concept began, I didn't just want it to be something that you could throw down and forget about it halfway through. So I think we've achieved that and, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm proud and I think Blake is as well that, you know, it does keep you, keep you hanging around and, you know, want a second and want a third. So, yes, it is in that mainstream level, but, you know, I hope we've created something sophisticated enough for people that, who are in this space that they can really get on board. Andy, when you went to Blake, did you know him? Did you know Blake before you uh, went to him or did you sort of have an idea and you went looking for people who could give it, you know, life? Yeah, a bit of both. Knew of Jetty Road, knew of Blake, um, had never met Blake before, but I think as soon as we met, it was it was, um, it was was a no-brainer. Um, the passion that he had, the skill that he had, the knowledge that he had, um, the drive that he had to kind of get on board and, and really try and nail what we're trying to achieve. It was, a, as I said, it was a no-brainer and um, we haven't looked back, have we? Well, I, can, I can take the gun away from Andy's head now and <laughs> the rest of the conversation's just over to you two. <laughs> Got my plug in there. No, it was, it's, it's been a, a great ride. Obviously, you know, a pretty good chunk of Australia knows Andy, but it's been um, great getting to know not just Andy, but the whole team sort of on a personal level and help them sort of realise a dream of, bringing all Australian ingredient beer to Australia and I, I'm, I'm proud of the beer and I'm um, proud of the fact that the boys really enjoy it as well, mm. which is obviously the number one box to tick from the start. So Andy, it, it sounds like you took the idea to Blake. What was the uh, genesis of it? You know, what was the insight that you know, led you wanting to create your own beer? Well, Travel was kind of born through an idea that, that our, our other business partner, um, Travis Fimmel had, um, and he is obviously a, an actor, lived overseas for a long time, travelled all around the world, um, and he was kind of flabbergasted by how everyone around the world still thought that Aussies just drink Fosters. Um, and so Travis looking to do something um, in the alcohol space, in the beer space, um, and him being a really proud Aussie and a really, you know, really... Uh, as I said, a proud Aussie, wanted to create a beer for basically the whole of Australia. And they're big, big dreams and, um, you know, people kind of raise their eyebrows when you say that. But when Trav brought that concept to me, and again, I've been kind of flirting with the idea of getting into beer, being in hospitality for the last, you know, 12 years. It's always been a, a dream of mine to, to be part of a beer, create a beer, all of the things that have, that have come with what we've created. Um, and when Trav said, I want to create a beer for the whole of Australia, I was like, I love Australia. Um, I love where I'm from. I love our country. I want people to, to really get to know our country, whether it's people inside Australia or overseas as well. Um, and I love the ambition that he had as well. So he ticked a lot of boxes in terms of, you know, the dream and, and being so ambitious. So I, I jumped on board straight away. Um, you know, and then it was about the creation of the beer and the brand and, and we started doing both at the same time. Um, and as I said, this was about 18 months ago. So there was a lot, a lot of things have, have gone our way and, you know, some things haven't gone our way in that time. You know, I remember when, when, the, when the Better Beer Boys came out and we obviously wanted to play in that Better For You category, I immediately thought, oh, shit, someone's beat us to the punch, you know. We've, been, we've had this concept ready for the last six months. But to be honest, it was just a really great case study of how what we were trying to create in, in, in terms of playing in that better for you category, it works. Oh, so oh, it, yeah. it validated our, our idea. So 
um, it, it took our emotions from someone's beast to the punch to, wow, what, we've, what we're trying to create here actually has a market. What is a better for you beer? So we, I mean, there's many of you, many of them these days. Yeah. Um, but we really, Trav and I both wanted to be in that space because we, we are kind of healthy blokes. Um, and, you know, even in my restaurants, all the ducks food is based around local produce, seasonal produce, you know, trying to, trying to be better for you. Um, and so, yeah, we've got 89 cows, ultra low carbs and three and a half percent. So what is better for you? I think anything that can make you feel <laughs> as much, make you feel better about drinking it, to make, make the waistline and the ration fit a bit better over summer. Cause I, I guess that's the thing. If you say better, there is an automatic comparison implied in better, you know, um, you, you, you're good, um, of yourself, but you're better than something else. Does that mean other beers aren't good for you? No, I think, and I mean, the category is called better for you. It could, could be called really anything, I suppose, but that's probably what the category is just called. Um, yeah, for, for us, having that ultra low carb, there's not as many carbs in, in, in our beer as, you know, full strength, full carb beers. There's not as many calories in our, in our beer as well. And I think that was one of the things that I brought to Blake. I was like, mate, I want, I want to be in this space. You know, I want to have a, have a beer that, is, that hits these targets, but it still has to, has to taste like a, re, like a, like a, and lower, like a crushable yeah. beer. So, and lower alcohol as well, I think, is an important factor. Um, mm. We wanted to sort of sit in that mid-strength market mm. because the consumption of alcohol can be seen as a problem in Australia. Um, and we obviously seeing the, the growth of non-alcoholic beer in Australia, um, but obviously having a beer product that was, when you say better for you, you make a pretty good point that it can be better for you in so many different ways, yeah. but it's um, mainly looking into the fact that we are conscious of what we're trying to create at the same time as trying to maintain as much flavour in our, each of our styles and new products that we bring um, as possible. It's one of those endless matters of debate in beer, whether beer is inherently mm. high in carbs, carbs being sugars, and they're the thing that ferments to create alcohol. So, you know, most beers are compared to, you know, orange juice or even milk is lower in carbs, um, but you know, they're quite healthy for you. Um, but it's the alcohol. Um, and just while you were talking, I did a quick search because... 4X Gold, which was the biggest selling mid-strength beer in the country, I think as a 375 um, mil can. Yours are 330s, I'm guessing? No, 375. Oh, it's okay, 375. So they have 108 calories um, per can, and you guys sort of get it down to, you know, the the, the, the 90s. I, I, I guess on, one, on that argument, um, there, there's not a huge change in what consumers are taking in, you know, on Traveller versus Forex Gold. But it's, it, I, I was interested, Andy, when you said, you know, it makes you feel better about it because you can never divorce, you know, what we take from a drink isn't just, you know, from anything. Um, and, you know, plating food um, can taste better just because it's nicely plated over the same thing uh, differently. There's all those fantastic studies around that. I mean, so true. Some people say you eat with your eyes. Well, you know, you may you may drink with your eyes as well in our in where we're at at the moment. But if you feel better about, you know, if you approach a beer thinking that you 
are going to feel better drinking it or you're going to be better, then that's going to have a, you know, a, a manifest response in the person who's doing that. Mm. Yeah, I've never actually thought of it like that, but you make a, you make a bloody good point. <laughs> it, it is so true. I, well, I, I did tell you that I come at it differently than, 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 than yeah. most people. Um, so, which again, you know, is an interesting thing. So, you know, like, I, again, I'd, I'd never actually thought about... Um, Forex gold in in this space, but I knew that it was a low carb beer. They just never marketed it as low carb because mm. I think um, mm. you know there was a class of blokes who didn't you know particularly back uh, you know 10, 15 years ago who didn't want to diet as such. But now a, a younger generation of beer drinkers um, probably don't want low carb. They better for you, which is a you know same promise expressed differently. You know, is there a different gen- drinker coming through that better for you means something too? Yeah, I, I think so. And especially, um, it, it's very interesting that the Forex in a time when they release, you know, their, their, um, their mango, that I think it probably wasn't even a thing, you know, like, a, you know, beer drinking was beer drinking and um, it didn't matter how many calories. Yes, probably the alcohol content mattered, has always mattered, but um yeah, I think that right now, and especially definitely in hospitality and people consuming and thinking about what they consume, um, it's it's definitely well. I feel it is it is pretty important in the in the in the beer market and alcohol market as well. You know, you look at you, you look at other products like seltzers and and all those kind of you know products that are going pretty well. They all you know they've all got one thing and well uh, something in common, and that's mm. you know that they that not so much they're better for you because if you you know you, you knuckle down on all of them they're all all going to do something to you but um yeah i think the, the the demographic and the and the clientele has definitely changed their thinking over the last what 10 15 years for sure hmm. calling it out we're more just um expressing the the genesis of what we're trying to create like calling out that it's a better for you product isn't necessarily trying to set it aside from anything else but it's an intention for traveler to create products that um, are conscious of what we're putting into our bodies, um, as well as still maintaining the flavour and profiles of a beer that we really enjoy drinking. And obviously, mm. there are plenty of beers that have preceded it that might not necessarily call out better for you, but have used the same levers as we do to still create a flavour profile that they're really happy with. And as you said, 4X being in that space without necessarily calling it out was a largest selling mid-strength beer going around kind of shows that there's definitely a market for a product that we're, we're, we're trying to sell and more or less just calling out the fact that we have consciously gone about creating that style of beer. Mm. Mm. It's interesting when you think of the pure blondes and the, the low-carb beers that you know came through in the early, early to mid-2000s. Previously, brewers had tried to market you know beers as diet beers but, you know, blokes didn't want to be on a diet because that's a negative. But if you promote it as, you know, low carb, um, that sounds like a positive health message as yeah. opposed to dieting, which is a negative health message. And suddenly that category took off. This feels like it's the next iteration of that movement where Better For You is actually positioning them in a positive way at a time when alcohol particularly, we're hearing about the you know, the total abstinence movement and people who are sober curious. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, at 3.5, it's lower alcohol, but it still has alcohol. Yeah, it is. 
very interesting to see where we're at. It's also very interesting to see where it'll go to. Um, you know, it's been a pretty the, the growth of non-alcoholics has, has been you know crazy. It's still not a massive chunk of the market, but mm. you can't deny the growth that, that's there. So um, you know where where will it end up? It's going to be an interesting interesting journey to follow. It, very much so. And uh, so and another important part of the brand uh, that, that you've created, you know, I note the, the kangaroo, you, you, you're wearing the traveler hat um, for those who are uh, listening and can't see the pictures. Uh, the logo has the uh, lazy kangaroo draped on the, uh, on, on, on the name. Um, it, it feels very much, and in fact, the initial media release talked about it was a beer that had the potential to be an overseas ambassador. Um, what, what what are the plans there? Is it launch it in Australia and then take it overseas? Or is it has it already yeah, been launched overseas? No, it definitely hasn't been launched overseas. Um, you know, we've only been on shelves for what, two 20, months? 26th of October. 26th of October. Um, and, and Australia is our, you know, our, our first and foremost, we want to nail that market. Um, you know, we probably, you, it would be hard. Well, I would assume it would be hard to to sell a beer overseas without getting the runs on the board, where it's actually, you know, brewed, made, promoted, etc. So, um, yeah, Australia is first and foremost our main target. Um, we think that you know Australians are falling in falling in love with our country probably even more than ever over the last mm. you know probably couple of years. You know, not being able to go, get out there, see Australia. Um, even even drinking and, and eating Australian products, I feel, is very kind of in vogue at the moment as well. Um, and as, as I mentioned before, Trav and I are both, both very passionate Australians. And so um, it's more of a, if we can promote our country in Australia or overseas through the ways of a, of a beer, I mean, win-win really. Coming back to the kangaroo, it's one of those interesting things about marketing is particularly marketing the country that the, the the symbols that Australians respond to are often different from the symbols that international guests respond to and the Australian tourism uh, you know marketing campaign that you use symbols to market to international yeah. tourists it, it, they're almost always panned in Australia because of Australians don't want to be seen that way and they forget that you know, Overseas, we're all seen as crocodile Dundee's still. Um, yeah. Is there a concern that a brand that's created for an international potential international audience, you know, alienates the the, the local audience because you're balancing those two different markets with the same thing? Look, as much as we when we created the the, the brand, we there was definitely a a, um, a thought of an overseas play, but. As I said, we had to nail Australia first, so we we were definitely going to try and make sure that happened through the liquor and through the um, through the branding. Um, and I'm not going to how the kangaroo came about. We came up with the name first um, because the the beer the brand is based all around getting out there and seeing our country. Yep. Um, so Australians are known for being travellers, and that's kind of where we came up with with the name. It was originally ER on the end, and it's like well. Aussies always say traveler, like you're a traveler, you're not a traveler. So it just didn't ring as well as traveler did. And then we we put it on a can and we realized that we, we wanted an icon. So there are a lot of different icons floating about. Um, and the, the lazy roux as, it, as it's been kind of um, 
as it's been named, it just looked and felt the best. Um, and I think probably if we had tried to do this, say, five years ago, I don't know if it would have been as well received. As I mentioned before, I feel like we're really in love with everything that comes with our country at the moment more than ever. Um, and I mean, to be fair, I'm really proud of the feedback that we've been given, both on the branding, um, you know, and the, the lazy roo being part of that. It feels like people get it and people are proud of it and they're, they're not like, oh, this is just a poor attempt at, um, you know, trying to use a kangaroo to, to do whatever you want with it. So mm. I think the timing is, was really crucial. And, and don't quote me on this, but I think I remember from I, I, one of the I'll just let you know, Blake, that the mic is running. So when you say don't quote me on this. There's not much I can do. The exact vernacular. But the, <laughs> um, I believe a, ca a kangaroo is actually one of the, the or the longest travelling animal in Australia. So it'll actually cover the most territory, which was another reason that it played in heavily with the selection process and travel. Okay, because again, you've got the lazy kangaroo, but then you've also got Australia's lager, which is a fairly bold claim for a for, for a new beer. And it, it just has that feel of, um, you know, also being pitched already to internationals or, you know, having the brand set to, 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 to go internationally and whether, um, you know, I, I, I was very curious when about five years ago, Little Creatures made a play for overseas because you visited the little creatures venues it's great australian craft beer very well known and i was wondering how they would make that appeal to an international audience in a way that mm. you know it's an australian beer they have their expectations and it didn't last very well and it's just one of those things that you know fosters was drunk by australians we had the fosters uh, melbourne cup and uh, it was the beer that australians drank right up until the point that uh, john elliott tried to fosterize the world and uh, mm. australians fell out of love with it very quickly because yeah, they didn't want yeah. to identify with that international per perception that was being uh, created by the beer yeah and i think like to to touch on that with australia's lager Trav and I are really proud of, like, well, the whole the whole crew are really proud Australians, and mm. we feel like there's other proud Australians there that want to have an Australian beer. Um, there hasn't been one for a long time. Like you say, Foster's probably had the uh, had the mantle for for a long time, a while ago, but there hasn't really been much since. And um, you know, I look at it and I drink it, and I know I'm bloody biased because you know we came up with it. But I, I I'm really proud drinking it, being an Australian, you know, getting out there, being adventurous, seeing our backyard. Um, and as I said, I think I think Australians are, are probably as proud of, as we've ever been of who we are, what we've created. And, yeah, I, I think that the time, timing is definitely uh, is, is probably a big part of it. Mm. Hey, Ned, look, looking, I'm looking at your Instagram um, as we talk and, you know, it's, it's very much about travel, traveling, traveling across Australia, that outdoors. But then there's also an element about some of the photos that if you uh, superimpose, for example, Great Northern on the esky that uh, someone's carrying or things like that, there, there's a similarity between that branding as well, isn't there? That's very much the space that Great Northern, which isn't a better for you beer, plays in. Is, you know, is there a risk that you're not differentiated enough in that sort of space? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, Great Northern have definitely just got, you know, that element, that kind of camping element. 
um, you know, I feel like, yeah, we went up and, and shot all of those photos um, up in Ely Beach. Um, my, my beautiful wife's parents live up there, so it was a great home base to get up there. And, um, you know, for us, it's, it was a great spot because you're able to capture, you know, white sand beaches. Um, you're able to capture bushland. You're able to capture the rainforest. You're able to capture, you know, red dirt 45 minutes inland. So we want to, it's really based around so many different landscapes of Australia. Um, even urban, you know, we want this to be, you know, ha do some urban content as well because we just don't want it to be that, and not that it's a bad thing what, what Great Northern have done, they've, they've absolutely crushed it, but it is very much about that the adventure is to go out in a remote location, pitch a tent, have a fire and have a beer. So I think our content and, and who we stand for, this is just, that's just the beginning. It's definitely going to evolve as we continue. You, you said that you first, you know, you, you had the idea 18 months ago and there was a little bit and then the better beer, which clearly um, is in the same space and has really taken off very quickly. Um, did you have to change your brand at all, given that they had the, 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 the drop on you in terms of first mover? No, not once. Um, not, not at all. Um, yeah, that's a really short answer. We were, we were really proud of what, we've kind of, what we kind of had at that point in time. And we, yeah, we stuck to our guns. So, yeah, short answer and pretty pretty easy answer is 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 no. Yeah. It didn't change the recipe formulation in terms of brewing liquid at all either. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just sort of wondering because it, you know, it, it is very hard to have multiple brands in the same space. Actually, speaking of which, you are partnered with the Coles Liquor um, Group, so who you, you distributed through the um, vintage sellers. Last week, they also dropped another beer that's in the same space, slightly different brand proposition, Spill with uh, Abby um, Chatsworth. Chatfield, yeah. Are you worried about clashing on, on the shelves, seeing you, you, you're both fighting uh, with exclusive deals for uh, Coles? Um, I mean, just with the, with the Coles thing, yeah, like the Coles relationship was was quite an easy one for, for for us as a brand to go with Coles. Like I've got an existing relationship with Coles through okay. MasterChef. Um, so that for us was a was a was a pretty uh, easy conversation to have with those guys and, and to be able to get that that meeting with Coles to um, I suppose, you know, tell all about our brand and, and our aspirations. So um, yeah, that's that's literally uh, the relationship that we have with them. Um, we're really lucky that they've they've been really supportive of, of how they can be, but um, yeah, they're that that's how that came about. I, I think like the, this market and like this kind of this influencer market, I suppose, in terms of alcohol and you know more 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 commonly beer, um, where we probably stand apart is like this is. Trav and, and myself from the get-go, like we, and I mean, there's, there's other guys in, in our business that have been, you know, influential in making it what it is, but, um, you know, we own the brand. We, we've kind of created the brand. It's not as if we've been outside the brand, someone's created it and gone, here, put, put, your, put your face behind this, will you? Um, and I suppose that's why, why we're super proud of it and, and, it, and it means so much to us because we have been there since since day one when the when the idea was floating around the table um i'm sure i'm sure there's going to be competition but i mean that's our 
our ambition is just c- to continue what we're doing. We want to build this brand, um, you know, to, to be really successful. And there's always going to be challenges. Like in every market, there's new challenges and things that you have to overcome. And yeah, we're going to have a crack and see how we go. I saw that you've talked a little bit about beer, even the first release I got, um, the old beer can chicken, which is a classic and a, a, a favorite of mine. But I, I, I did look, uh, Andy, I sort of stalked you on, uh, on, on Insta and I was going back to see, you know, your, your, your background with beer and uh, there's a bolter by the pool. Great beer, great location. Um, yeah. There was you uh, having a beer at the SCG at what looked like the Boxing Day test probably in 2018 or 2019. Yeah. Um, yep. There was what looked like a commercial partnership, John Boston and a house brick. Yeah. <laughs> that was going yeah. back and there was you at Gabs at 2016. So have, have you long seen beer as a as a partner to food or is it something that um you know circles around the life you know more of the lifestyle than 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 the cooking element a a bit of both bit of column a bit of column b um beer is for me personally a lifestyle like i i've loved beer for however long that i've been able to drink it you know um it's always been part of me it's always been part of you know, getting back and seeing my family. My dad's a big, a big beer drinker. Um, so it's always been part of my life. Um, and, and I'm really happy about that because it, it is, beer is such a great thing. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I suppose in the hospitality game, beer and food go hand in hand. Um, so that's where the three, where me being part of the three blue ducks, I've always been surrounded by new beers. You know, people would always come into the restaurants and, you know, Put their beer on the table would you like to put this on your list and so you, so i've always been curious about new beers new flavors um and and i suppose we've we when i say we three blue ducks and i we've always wanted to do a, a beer together you know we've been we've done a lot of special releases with different different breweries um but we've we, i suppose because hospitality is such a bloody hectic game that we just haven't had the time or the all the energy to um, to really knuckle down and go, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm really proud and happy that the Ducks are part of Traveller, um, which is amazing. And, you know, being our fir- being the first on-prem, um, you know, in kegs and cans in all of, our, all of our six venues has been pretty amazing to see. You know, there's always these little marks that you tick off of, oh, that was pretty cool. And one of, one of them was definitely, you know, pouring the, the first beer out of the taps um, in the venue, so so really proud of that. But I think it's always it's always been around a lifestyle for me. But you know, there's the, you can't deny that the beer and food just go go hand in hand as well. Do you have any favourite uh, beer and food matches? I'm not massive on the on the beer and food match matching. Like I think it can be done, and then it can be done really poorly. Um, I think it's very. I think it's it's difficult. Like it's not a not an easy one to really get right, especially if you want to go into and deep dive into it. For me, it's much harder than than wine. Um, I think the bitterness definitely in beer definitely plays a plays a part in that. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I you know have my friends around and I'll go to the to the beer fridge and go you know we must drink this. It's just not how I do it. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say it's massive on my priority list, the old, the old beer matching with food. The reason I ask it, it's interesting, apart from beer writing, I've done a lot of food and travel writing, and um, I, I won't name who, uh, given that you work in the industry, but there was a chef 
that uh, I was asked to interview uh, about, about a decade ago. And, uh, you know, everything about it, very fine dining chef, beautiful restaurants, you know, award-winning wine lists and had some very good beers in, in the fridge. And when I was interviewing him mm. for, for an article, I just sort of commented on that. And I said, oh, do you? And he, and he was very, very dismissive, um, you know, having just spent 10 minutes talking about sourdough and his inspiration um, behind sourdough. And then he was suddenly became very dismissive of beer. And so I said, oh, that's you know, somebody else's job. And fast forward six or seven years and suddenly he's spruiking one of the big brewers uh, range and talking about what a great beer and food match it is. And, you know, yeah, right. it, yeah. That, that, that happens. That's the, the, the commercial realities. But, um, you know, beer is having its moment these days, but you, you've also created a beer that seems very much geared around the Australian lifestyle rather than white tablecloths. Yeah. And I think uh, we've been really blown away, you know, going out and seeing our friends in the industry, um, you know, to, to see if they would like to arrange it on their list. We've been really blown away by the feedback that they've given it. Um, you know, the, the the lager especially. You know, and, and a lot of places that are more wine focused, mm. um, which are normally those white tablecloth places, but they find that a lot of customers come in, and they'll just want something that is easy, that is crushable. You know, that they can kind of wet the whistle with, and then move into their wines or something else. So it it really took me by surprise of these high-end high end restaurants going, we, we would definitely arrange something like that because of that fact. People want to come in, quench their thirst, maybe sit back with a small snack, read the wine list and have a beer in hand while they're doing that. So as I, as I said, it really took me by surprise. As a, as a chef and a fine dining person, how do you feel about cans though? Like when, when and this is a general question, not about traveller, um, this is more about your, mm. your chefing background because I always find... There's an if you're in a nice restaurant as you were just describing, you know, having a can plonked down beside you uh, in, in that experience doesn't really elevate um, either the dining experience or the beer experience. I would have thought. Yeah, I think times have probably changed. Um, you know, I I don't know the last time I've been to any restaurant of you know something that has a reasonable standard and got a bottle. You know, yep. um, a lot of those restaurants out there, that they just don't have tap facilities. So, um, you know, like I look at Bentley Group and and they, they don't have any any bottled beer. They don't have any tap beer on their menu. So obviously it's canned. So, um, again, I think probably if, if you shifted back five years ago and a can got plonked on the table, you'd be like, right, I chant. Like, we're not at the, we're not at the park the way that the industry has gone that, you know, and for, for various reasons, um, the, the cans are really acceptable no matter where you are. Do you think that's a good thing? Because, again, talking about plating food, you know, it's, uh, it, it's the experience, the whole experience. Um, does, it, does it diminish beer that it's just plonked down in a, in a can or does it diminish the experience? I think a lot of those high-end restaurants will bring a glass and offer you, you know, would you like a glass, sir? Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of it doesn't really have to be a high-end restaurant. I think a lot, a lot of places do that, do that anyway. Yep. So it is kind of a personal preference. I think me being me, I actually really like to look at a can and to read a can and, and to probably find out a bit more about the beer that I am drinking and it maybe just because of you know where I've gone. But yeah, I, I it's probably a personal preference, and that's why there is an option of a glass. You know, pour at the table, and then you can either have your glass or have your can. I would say that some people 
especially, please don't take offense to any of this. <laughs> I would say that the, 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 uh, there would be some people in a different generation that, yes, if there was a can that was put on their table, they'd be like, what's this doing here? Yeah, and I, I never know whether it's a, an, an age thing. Uh, you know, I'm in my 50s, um, so it's hard to know whether I am just think that bottles are more elegant, but I, I think of the way that the wine industry is still tearing itself apart versus cork versus uh, um, cap and, you know, wine on taps and all of those sorts of things and whether that yeah. lessens the experience um, or whether there's an elegance in the theatre involved in serving wine a certain way that elevates the whole experience. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think you're dead right. And just on that, that kind of wine topic, in all of our restaurants, we do have tap wine purely because of the sustainability, um, you know, angle that, that we, we um, portray in our restaurants and like to achieve in our restaurants. Like in Byron, we have 56 taps. Um, you can, we have a small bottled wine list, but we have 56 taps of beer, wine, kombucha, you know, Basically, everything comes off the tap for that reason. But we still do have a small wine list there for people who, you know, do want a, a wine. I think the wine industry is coming a long way. I wouldn't say that, you know, the standard is exactly the same from what you can get out of a, out of a bladder versus what you can get, get out of a bottle. But I think, you know, it is coming a long way, which is, which is great to see because, you know, the less, less glass bottles that we, that we crush, I suppose, you know, the better. Blake, this is probably a question for you. If if I'm right, the beer's coming out of uh, Bricklane. Bricklane, yeah. You know, excellent brewer, um, excellent facility for you to be brewing in. Would the vision be to have a, a, a traveller um, brewery um, one day or that's just not important to, to, to the brand to have that, you know, physical home? I think it's never say never. Right now we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're comfortable with where we're at. You know, like you say, John and the team at Brick Lane have been absolute legends, um, you know, both in in just being great guys but also brewing an epic epic drop and having a great facility down there. I, I love hospitality. Having something, um, you know, where we can serve our beers, brew our beers um, and have a, have a community, I, I, I kind of love that idea. Um, but it's probably not like smack bang at the top of the list um for the business business model at the moment but as i said i don't think yeah never say never the beer itself you know target we've talked about better for you but at the same time the flavor profile targets the broadest part of the market you know the you know and there's nothing wrong with that but you know go back 10 15 years ago and the promise of craft beer was you know about more esoteric flavors or more challenging flavors and you had to lift your palate to approach these beers um, rather than the beers coming down to meet your palate. Was there any thought about creating a beer, you know, that sort of, you know, was in that space given the the, the, the food background that you come from, which is, you know, anything but yeah. fast food or, you know, convenience food? Yes, we have. And, and yes, we, we did, didn't we? So at the same time, we were brewing the, um, the three and a half cent lager. We, we had a pale um, in the pilot tanks as well. Um, that pail is um, in all of my restaurants. Um, it's ready to go yeah, on-prem in. Launching now. So um, obviously not in can, but a, a full strength, 4.4% um, Australian pale ale with all Australian ingredients. 
Um, again, sort of the, the ethos behind Traveller being really championing Australia and Australian growers and Australian produce. So pale ale is, again, all Australian ingredients with some um, really nice hot notes of Aussie Cascade and Eclipse. Have we uh, wangled a scoop out of you there? Because I've, I've not seen anything about that. No, no, no. So that we, we, I always want to have something on-prem. But if people, if they were having a dish that was spicy or if they could have a dish that had a lot more flavour, then they could get something with a little bit more flavour to stand up against. You know, I said I wasn't into beer mashing, but now I'm like, <laughs> I'm like hey. um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, this ticks so many boxes, but... I didn't want it to get to get lost, I suppose, with you know spicy food with really really powerful flavoursome food. So um, I also like to drink pale ale and etc. Or you know every everything that's out there really. So um, yeah, on prem we've got the full strength pale, and then we're um, we're actually going to have a crack at a, at a mid at a mid strength pale. We're in development for that um, for retail, and we'll, we'll see what we can we can rustle up there. When you say on prem, do you mean on prem in the three blue ducks, or it's only in three blue ducks right now, and a couple of other bars? But we only just went into Paramount today, so now we can really beat the drum um, with the with the pale ale and seeing if we can uh, you know get get it into a few on prem venues. I'll count that as an exclusive then, seeing I haven't read it anywhere well, else first. You managed to get a scoop on when when he mentioned the mid strength. Uh, low carb pale ale as well. That's definitely that's a scoop. That <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I, I guess last thing is there anything else that you know that you guys want to say about the brand or the, or the beer? How's it going? Have Have you had any feedback about sales? Yeah, it's been really well received. I don't want to bang on about sales too much, but we've been we've been really overwhelmed with um, how it has been received. Um, the sales have been great, so can't complain there. Um, and we're looking forward to a great summer. I mean, hopefully this cloud um, that's hovering over the whole of Australia at the moment uh, moves. We get some nice sunny beer drinking weather. Um, but I think, yeah, we're, we're just really proud of what we've created. Um, as I said, it's, it's, kind of, it's been 18 months. It was an idea um, between a few lads. And to see it really come to light um, and, and, you know, see people taking a photo of it and saying they, they, they love it. Um, it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride, and I suppose it may just may just only be be beginning. We've got a, we've got a lot of big plans, a lot of big aspirations, and um, yeah, hopefully it's not the last time you see Traveller. Well, will we see it on the shelves in the background of MasterChef, or we see it as a as an ingredient? Danny's business and pleasure, right? Eh? Yeah, I, I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want it to seem like I'm uh, I'm shamelessly pushing uh, pushing it, <laughs> even though I probably would. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, nah, I'll keep those. I'll keep those two separate. <laughs> and just before I um, finish up, you know, is there an advantage, you know, or is there a detriment to having yourself and you know Travis, who are famous in other areas, launching a beer? You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of imagine you know the son of the Beatles. You know, launch, you know Julian Lennon always struggled because he was always compared to his dad or it looked like he was just cashing in and never looked at it on his own merits. Is it a net benefit to be celebrities um, or a net detriment to be celebrities, do you think? Um, We'll probably find out. Maybe in a year's time we can recircle back and you can ask the question again. Um, Right now it's working really well. I think um, 
we're very different, I suppose, in terms of like who the public perceive us as. I've been, you know, in reality my whole life, you know. Um, so people just associate me with being me. Um, whereas Trav, you know, he's been acting all of his life. So people kind of perceive him as all of these other people that he's portrayed um, as well as himself. So, um, and I think me being in hospitality is also a, a great positive for for the brand as well. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been really enjoying, um, you know, you saw the beer can chicken and we're going to continue on creating more content um, around, around beer and food. So um, I think we are, we're different. We may be in that kind of, you know, I definitely don't see myself as a celebrity, but we, we may be known um, to, to people, but I think we're, we're, we're very different. So it's definitely working at the moment. Wonderful. And speaking from kind of an outsider's perspective, so to speak, um, just watching the development of the brand and the liquid and everything, how hands-on the boys are, it wasn't a case of obviously the boys thinking they can just slap their faces on something and, and sell it. They've, they haven't even really thought that part of it through from where I sit. Like it's less about their profile, more about them building a brand that they kind of more or less hand over to Australia um, and a brand that stands on its own without their two faces needing to be next to it all the time. So that was one of the things that really kind of took me when I got involved with the boys, just how authentically they wanted to actually just make a great beer brand. Yeah, you probably hate it sometimes how involved we are. <laughs> <laughs> Creative tension is always good for any business. Yeah. <laughs> I need to continue to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Blake Bowden and Andy Allen, thank you very much uh, for joining us for this conversation about beer and in particular Traveller and uh, all the very best for for the brand. Are are you going to be out touring it, Andy? Are you you going to be out um, and about with it or are your other commitments? Um, No, definitely. We're, um, uh, yeah, we're going to hold a little activation at Vintage Sales in Carlton on the 17th of uh, December. Um, That'll that'll kind of be our first, first thing that we do, but... Over summer, um, yeah, you'll definitely see, see us and hopefully me popping up, popping up everywhere. We've just kind of completed our summer campaign, so I'd probably like to uh, like to be attached to the beard a little too much. So it's hard to get, <laughs> to get me. At uh, least it's low to, carb and low calorie. It's pretty impressive yeah. to watch both those two boys get more than twenty four hours into a day. I don't know how they do it, but they they manage to. <laughs> Terrific. Well, thank you both for joining me, and uh, all the very best with Traveller. No worries, Matt. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Good to speak to you, dude. And that was Andy Allen and Blake Bowden, and I thank them for coming on. Let us know your thoughts on the Traveller brand through all of the usual sources. And if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help spread the word by sponsoring the show if you're a business and you would like to reach our audience. Or you can invest a little bit of time in us by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting service. And you can email us at producer at bruisenews.com.au to share your thoughts. We'll be back this Friday with Bruise News Week, diving deeply into the news of the week, and we'll see you then.